0: (laughs) All right, creatures of the night... Welcome to Talking Taker, episode 160 of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time, The Undertaker. My name is Alex Dorio, and I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man. Talking, And I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy. He is my brother of destruction. He's been with me on this journey to hell and back, Mr. Travis White. And tonight, Travis, we got a family reunion as the uh, first family of destruction comes back together. And the big, bad, bold, beautiful Paul Bearer comes back into our lives for a little period of time. <laughs>
1: Yes, yeah, sir. We got a family feud here, and survey says eh, on this match. <laughs> Just spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> Last week's, so we both dug it, man. Both dug that match. Way like surpassed um, my the bar I had set really low. But this one, we'll get there. <laughs> but yeah, survey says eh. had high
0: hopes for this one. Had high expectations for it. Man, if you. Yeah. Get- if someone would have told you in 1997 that undertaker and kane were gonna have a hell in a cell match you'd be just chomping at the bit to watch something like Mm -hmm. this happen finally Uh, but after 13 years you're exactly right my friend it does not quite live (laughs) up to the hype uh, especially not after last week's exceeded our expectations but we're gonna get to all that we'll cover paul bear heading back into catering for the first time in a while uh, we'll get to that year. It's like
1: it's like if Bill and Ted had a reunion like 20 years later. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, who would want to watch that? <laughs> It'd just be old yeah. and wrinkled and gray and oh, terrible. Just kidding. You can't possibly be as bad as that movie is going to be. But anyway.
0: It got good reviews, man.
1: That means nothing to me. No. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, we're going to give you our reviews of this match here. Hell in a Cell 2010 Undertaker and Kane for the World Heavyweight Championship here. Uh, You know, we appreciate all you Creatures of the Night sitting with us for a uh, supersized marathon episode last week with so much ground to cover. We're going to make it up for you this week, though. So uh, if you haven't quite finished last week's or it took you extra time to finish last week's, you can cram this one in. It's going to be quite a bit shorter because we've only got... Two weeks of ground to cover, so not quite like SummerSlam and Payback, you know. Not just a one-week build. We got a whole two weeks <laughs> of build here to this pay-per-view. Uh, as we take our time-traveling hearse back to September of 2010, and we pick off, uh, pick up, like we said, with Undertaker losing for the first time ever kane has upended the balance of power he has stolen seemingly the undertaker's power away from him stolen his mojo uh and he defeated him at night of champions 2010 to retain that world title and he's gonna carry it into here on smackdown september 24th 2010 travis why don't you
1: take us away I'll take us away, and we're about to go away from my network TV, because this is the final one. Next week, we're moving on to sci-fi, baby. It's going to get crazy. So, um, It's
0: rarely yeah, an upgrade when you down. move over to the sci-fi network, but <laughs> somehow, <laughs> this was. So that's rarely good news. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, we see a graphic this night again, September 24th. Um, Saying that Kane has a challenge for the Undertaker later on tonight, so he Kane opens the show, holding his world title over his head, you know, and um, uh, we see him coming out to defend his title tonight in the opening match. And who, I mean, you've just beaten your brother. It's been 13 years; you finally got a win over him. Who better than to just defend your title against then? Christopher Masters, the masterpiece, <laughs> man. <laughs> Leaving my network with a bang.
0: <laughs> yeah, talking about
1: going out with a whimper. Like, golly. I don't Chris know, Masters dude. comes out. He's a main eventer uh, in
0: my book. I ruined your SmackDown uh, season with him. Made him the <laughs> you world did, champion. You, ruined CM Punk's
1: year-long title reign. <laughs> well, he does not. A uh, fairy dust from that uh, game does not transfer over here to the real life. So... Goodness gracious, Kane escapes the Master Lock and basically dominates Chris Masters after that and wins after Chokeslam and Tombstone. And uh but I want to point out Kane does make sure to do the throat slash before the Tombstone just to kind of mm. mock Taker just to put, you know, wow. a little salt on the wound from that that win the night before. So remember when the Master Lock was like unbeatable and the most like devastating move on the entire roster? Unstoppable
0: like in 2005 man. or 16. Master Lock yeah.
1: challenge. Yeah, man. And here Kane just like breaks it like it's nothing. So, <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, um, after this match, Kane is not even broken a sweat. He's ready to get get on the microphone and talk. So he gets on the mic and under the you know, we get the red lights down here, and he tells Taker that whatever bit of powers he possesses, uh, still he couldn't stop Kane and not a champions. So you know, he say I took all that you had and I proved that I'm the dominant brother. I crushed your skull and I crushed your legend at the same time. Uh, You're no know better than the weak people in this arena and all the people watching around the universe. So it's funny when you don't say WWE before universe because mm. he's just talking about anyone in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> just Buzz Aldrin, Canada's finest export. I mean, whatever. <laughs> anyone <laughs> anyone watching around the entire universe. <laughs> so I thought that was a little uh, grand of him to yeah, put it out there. Very so. grandiose. <laughs> well, anyway... Uh, he he says that he can smell the fear you know he can i guess it's new power he inherited this is pre-covid so he still has a sense of smell so (laughs) but um he goes into the crowd and says he can smell the stench of fear in this arena and everybody here in this arena is afraid of the unknown and afraid of failure and they know what i'm capable of and then he's standing next to a little kid and Kane's going on saying, like, I'm the living, breathing embodiment of your fear. And this little kid, bless his heart, he's just staring up at Kane chewing gum. Like, it's not even a big deal. Kane afraid. He <laughs> kind of took away. He ain't afraid no ghost. Yeah. <laughs> but, it was um, really man, cool, though. I dug it. It, it was a very different, <laughs> oh, no. yeah. you
0: know, approach to this promo. So I, I thought it was cool, even if the yeah. kid didn't quite play along.
1: Well, he doesn't at first because then – then Kane gets down, like, next to the kid, and he's looking at him, and he's like, you know, uh, this monster isn't going anywhere. And at this point, the kid is, like, playing like he's supposed to. He's, he's, uh, he's kind of reacting with the big bug eyes and stuff, so it's pretty cool. But so then Kane says that later tonight, I have a challenge for Undertaker that, you know, I'm not going to allow him to deny it. Big brother, this past Sunday, I
0: may have destroyed your body, but soon enough... And on my own terms, I will destroy your legend and your very
1: soul. That's, uh, we don't know what he's going to say, but he's going to say something on his own terms here and and make a challenge. So later on in the night, we see Undertaker sitting all alone on the stairwell backstage, and he's really looking rough. He's coughing, Mm. like we mentioned last week, and... Uh, looking pale ski like he was last week and he's just mm-hmm. kind of like staring at the wall we, we see him maybe three or four times throughout the night and it looks like he's got the bird flu man he's just like sitting there just like all hunched over and just really looking like a sad sally so um and then at, like the last time we see him we're like the camera's at the bottom of the stairwell and taker's sitting there with his head down and you can see like a shadow of a door opening up like from the side where the camera is and taker's like yeah. And he looks up, and like whatever he sees is amazing to him. He's like taken aback, and he stands up, rolls his eyes in the back of his head, which is a you know basically two thumbs up from Taker. Is two eye rolls in the back of your head? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the equivalent. Like Sisko and Ebert give two thumbs up. Well, Taker gives a two eye rolls. So, so but his um,
0: his review matters to you.
1: Yo, absolutely. He's okay. the Undertaker.
0: Okay. <laughs> the Undertaker.
1: Yeah. So, but yeah, his his review matters fully to me. So, anyway, is
0: that that what you did when you saw Tenant the other night? As soon as it was over, you just rolled your eyes in the back. I just rolled my eyes
1: (laughs) in the back of my head. Yeah, true story, ladies and gentlemen. I saw Tenant sneak preview on Monday night, and uh, I was the only one in the theater. So don't even worry about me getting COVID, baby. I had a match and I was ready. I was ready to social distance. (laughs) but nobody was there just yeah. the whole sweet team here complete social <laughs>
0: distance man
1: but i'm gonna tell you guys if you have the chance to see any movie i don't care what it is it could be trolls world tour if you go see anything on the big screen by yourself you get the whole thing that is awesome
0: absolutely it was so awesome yeah
1: so anyway <laughs> anywho well um later on, the main event segment, uh, Kane makes his way out to the to the ring, and he's, he's under the red lights again, and that ominous music, like you mentioned last week, is playing, and he says, there's a new beast of the apocalypse, and it's me. And he says, you know, Taker delivered, excuse me, he delivered Taker's personal Armageddon at Night of Champions, and now it's his my yard. And he knows Taker has questions, and he's wondering how the Phenom fell so far, so fast, so quickly. He says, you know, he didn't end things Sunday because the fun has just started, which is funny because the whole thing before that was like, I'm going to end you on Sunday. But then it's like, <laughs> oh, we're going to stretch this out a little bit. So, yeah. But he says, I've decided that the end of The Undertaker will come in the dark corridor that you made famous, big brother. The very same place I left you a mangled wretch, defeated when you thought you were rid of me forever. I will come in hell or it will come in hell in a cell. Big brother, the devil may have once answered to you, but now I'm the devil's favorite demon and you're not welcome in hell unless I take you there. So again, coming from two other people, that line would have been hokey as, and cheesy as heck, but that was really, it really plays into their history. It's cool. This is the, you know, the debut of Kane in 97 from in the hell in the cell. So he's going to take him there uh, to where it all started and uh, you know, basically put the nail in the coffin or so we think. So Cain says all the lost souls are going to answer to him now and Taker's got no choice but to face him. You need to understand
0: you have no choice. You will face me at hell in a cell. And the epilogue to our story will read the same as the epitaph on your tombstone. Here lies... The Undertaker. He will never rest in peace. He will forever burn in hell. Well, that's a little much for a tombstone. <laughs> you got to pay for, a lot of words. You got to pay for on that tombstone. Yes? Yeah. Kane's. I'm sure.
1: He, I'm sure he knows a guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> well had that comment, the gong hits and the Latin chanting plays, the Druids roll a casket out onto the stage. Uh, purple lights come on now, so again, the casket's rolled down to the, the side of their ring, and Kane is eyeing this casket in disbelief and shaking his head, and he's pretty mad, and the lights come up, and Kane's like, really playing it up, slowly approaching that casket, he reaches down and opens it, and Paul Bearer is on the inside, so,
0: <gasps> whew, the what?
1: first time in six years we see paul bear on our screen he's in the middle of or he's in the casket he's got the urn on his chest so this was big news back then
0: oh yeah i mean i knew it was coming uh watching it back but i was still like pumping my fist in the air man paul bear oh yeah back in action love it
1: oh yeah it was great man crowd's loving it too i was loving it watching it here he looks he looks a lot. I mean, he looks a lot older, obviously, but he's a yeah. lot thinner than he was when we saw him six years ago. So that's good, you know. He's he- he's healthier on, on that that part. But, um, and sorry. At this point, then the lights go out and the gong hits again. The lights come back up. The Undertaker is standing behind Kane in the ring. Kane turns around. Taker starts unloading on him. The crowd's loving this part. Running, diving, clothesline. Taker goes for a chokeslam, but Kane. Uh, Cuts out of it and gets out of the ring and backs up the rampway and he's like holding his head in his hands and is just in shock that Paul Bear is back because again Paul Bear, those of you paying attention, that's his dad, so remember that. So and and last uh, time he saw him, he was toward...
0: uh, in a concrete crypt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he died. He
1: died. In front oh, of he didn't of die. He so, didn't die.
0: The next week they said he well, just had severe internal injuries, severe or something. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Well, he's been in a vegetative state for six years, maybe. Bingo. <laughs> yes. But, yeah. Uh, Taker whips his head around toward Paul Bear. Bear holds up the urn, and Taker does the Shakespeare pose, which, again, we haven't seen them do that in a long time. And it's just, it's just an epic return. I really love seeing them reunited here. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Very cool.
0: You know, as much as Kane and Chris Masters in a pointless match is not going to sell you on coming over with SmackDown over to fi, this this is going to sell you to tune back in next week to see The Undertaker and Paul Bear reunited mm-hmm. in this epic return. As uh, we go ahead and take you to the Go Home show here. <laughs> Friday, October 1st, 2010. That's a cool date. 100110 right there. It's uh, like some Christopher Nolan stuff there for you probably Mm. maybe i don't know (laughs) but uh as you said uh season premiere of smackdown first episode on sci-fi where it would air uh for about the next uh six years or so i think uh before moved over to Mm -hmm. the usa network and as we have been getting on every season premiere of late we get a new opening video a new theme song here and uh travis you might hate oh it's live i didn't even notice that yeah it's live Okay. I guess okay, I guess that makes sense. But yeah, as I said that they've had a lot of theme songs over the years and Travis you might hate me for this, but I, I like this one as far as a SmackDown theme song goes. It's Green Days, Know Your Enemy. And uh, you know, I'm not a huge Green Day mark or anything. I like some of their stuff, but I thought this song works for a wrestling show, like way better than yep. Papa Roach or Nickelback or any of that other crap. What say you?
1: Oh, without question, man, I'll take Green Day over those two bands in a heartbeat, man Dookie was a great album back in the 90s sure. I liked the one after that what, Nimrod that was a fun album too uh-huh. you know those were fun back in the day but you no, know, this is a, you know, I wasn't a big fan of them post uh, when they came out American Idiot just everything after that kind of sucked in my opinion but this was a great wrestling song great song great theme song for Smackdown so
0: I'm shocked honestly that it's intact on the WWE Network
1: yeah me too
0: because this was like a real yeah, song blah, blah, that blah, was blah, on the blah, radio blah. and stuff Yeah, sounded
1: just like
0: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Even bigger than Green Day, we've got our old buddy, uh, investigative journalist Michael Cole. He's going to join Tool Grisham and uh, massive moron Matt Stryker on commentary this week uh, for this (laughs) special occasion, apparently. And we're getting a big main event for the first SmackDown on Sci-Fi a match that's main evented a few pay-per-views last year. Undertaker and CM Punk going to go at it yet again. So this is Undertaker's first time with Paul Bear at ringside with him in six years since that Concrete Crypt match against the Dudley Boys. Uh, Paul Bear, I guess he wasn't really at ringside for that. He was at the top of the entryway, so maybe a few <laughs> weeks before that would be the last time. And you can tell the difference in Undertaker. Man, he is so much stronger here than uh, when he faced Punk a few weeks ago on SmackDown. And he's actually able to defeat him much more easily with a tombstone and get some big momentum on the road to Hell in a Cell in just a couple days. Uh, Taker and Bearer celebrate just like old times. Get the Shakespeare pose. Taker hits all the greatest hits. Man, uh, It's they're back and maybe better than ever here all reunited.
1: Yeah, and one thing that Matt Stryker says during this is he says that, and again, this this even changes, I think, later on. We'll, we'll cover this, but Matt Stryker says that Paul Bear lived in a funeral home, had an affair with a woman, and the demon seed of that woman was Cain, and that woman was Taker's mother. And he and then he wonders if the mother's ashes are in the urn, so he just explicates there and decides that, oh, their ashes are in the urn. But again, he does specify here that uh, it was Taker's mom, but we'll get to that later on. So
0: Yes, he uh, he knows the facts here. He gets them right. He's read the comic book that you read. Uh, he's listened <laughs> yeah, to Paul exactly. Bear and Jerry Lawler's locker room talk. Uh, but <laughs> the moment that frustrates me, I kind of alluded to it on last week's episode. It's going to come during the pay-per-view, so we'll get to that here. Right. Uh, Later on in the night, Kane is going to have his tune-up match for the pay-per-view with another strong challenger. He's going to face John Cena in the main event in a Lumberjack match. The Nexus are the Lumberjacks, and it just devolves into a big giant brawl, uh, and the gong hits. Undertaker pops up into the ring and starts to brawl with Kane. Tosses him into the ringside area, just unloads on him, uh, throwing punches. Kane's throwing right hands. They fight into the crowd and throughout all the uh, the Boomer Sooner's in the crowd. Uh, no Jack Swagger doing sing-along song here tonight, but uh, Taker is handling Kane and giving it to him. Uh, Kane. Taker punches Kane back into the ringside area, slams his head into the stairs, gets some ground and pound on him, gets him back in the ring. Kane boots Undertaker down, but Undertaker sits up, and then Paul Bearer gets into the ring and raises up the urn just like old times. And Taker is able to power up, gets a choke slam on Kane, does the throat slash, and Kane retreats out of the ring as he starts screaming, "It's not over!" Undertaker poses with. Paul Bear in the ring does the Shakespeare pose. I mean, what better way to go off the air uh, on your first episode of sci-fi than that iconic pose right there. I mean, if you're just flipping channels, you haven't seen wrestling in a long time, or you just popping in on this new station, or you're, you're tuning in early to that uh, episode of warehouse 13 or uh, Eureka, <laughs> or whatever the heck was on sci- <laughs> sci-fi who wants to be a superhero. Um, maybe you're hooked Excel from that CR.
1: moment <laughs> man we love that show or or yeah, i did or maybe you're thinking some replays from 1990 <laughs> on sci-fi something. and you're like goo these guys are tv and high def from 1990 so yeah dude my favorite part of this whole entire thing is like you mentioned when he, taker kind of powers up and gets all that stuff and Hits the offense and chokes him on Kane. Paul Bearer literally does a thumbs up in the corner. He's like,
0: yeah. It's just,
1: it's, like, I loved it, man. It was so good. He's the it's, best. It's almost like he's out of character. He's just excited to be there. So. He is.
0: He is. He's excited to be back home.
1: <laughs> well, man. That's gonna take us home to where you know this family feud began, Hell to sell and back in '97. so this is gonna take us to October 3rd, 2010 from the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas. And brother, I have not seen one ounce of this show, not a I mean, I know what happens because I've read everything, but like I haven't seen anything on this show at all. Don't recall
0: you? ever seeing it either. Um, I do remember reading some pretty bad reviews of it back in the day, though. Uh, you know, from Meltzer and Alvarez. You know, all the all the all their kin. So, uh, yeah, I remember this one getting a lot of thumbs down. So I was. Yeah, a little skeptical going into it, but I was optimistic uh, based on how much we enjoyed uh, last week's match. I was hoping, you know, maybe we'd go into it with different yeah. eyes. The buildup's been really fun. You know, as you mentioned earlier, if you try to do this with anybody else, it would be so goofy and cheesy. But the fact that it's these guys with all of their history and all of the the backstory, all of their mm-hmm. ridiculous things they've done over 13 years, for some reason, it just works. And, and you buy into it. And it's actually really cool to see.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. And like you said, uh, revisiting it now in 2020, I was very stoked for it because, again, I'm I don't worry about what somebody else's opinion of the match was. I want to watch it myself and see, you know, how it actually unfolded and stuff. Um, but you know what? We'll get to it. <laughs> they weren't that wrong.
0: <laughs> well, the, uh, the other main
1: event match, maybe ahead. another reason I didn't really care for this pay-per-view is that, or to watch it was that the other main event was Orton and Sheamus, which I can't stand either one of them at this point, man. Like, your main event is Orton and Sheamus? Like, I don't know, man. I was just like, that. I can't stand either one of these guys in 2010. So,
0: no. You don't want to see those two in a Hell in a Cell, really. Uh, That's not going to get you to throw your money down. But the uh, opening video highlights uh, these two main event, world title Hell in a Cell matches, and puts them over both pretty equally. It's not really uh, focused on Taker and Kane too much. Uh, Later on in the night, uh, massive tool Josh Matthews, he's creeping around backstage and enters a room with some purple lighting, and uh, it's Prince. Back there. Oh no, wait a second. It's uh, it's Paul Bear. Uh, what if Paul Bear was <laughs> dressed was as Pr- Prince?
1: Oh we Purple a whole like purple. What's your favorite Prince song? Me? Yeah. Just oh. side note. We we got we're almost done with this episode. <laughs> Little red corvette. Mine's seven.
0: That's a, that's a good one.
1: That's hands down. I, Nothing compares to that with, to me. So.
0: Uh, nothing but compares anyway, to you. Yeah, that's a Exactly.
1: Song.
0: <laughs> 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 All right. Nice sidebar. I enjoyed that. My favorite Prince song <laughs> is the episode of New Girl that stars Prince. That's one of the funniest half hours of television I've ever seen in my life. So that's my favorite Prince song.
1: My favorite Prince uh, music video is Batman. Bad Dance. By Tim Burton.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just the whole entire movie with our movie, Prince.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, uh, that's on our Which Prince, we Prince podcast back in on March our...
1: when we went and met Taker. We talked yeah.
0: about it. Yeah, came up a lot.
1: Yeah. That's on our <laughs> Prince podcast on
0: Patreon. If you guys want to follow us over there, every <laughs> album. Yeah. <Triple> <laughs> Well, uh, Paul Bearer talks to Master Tool Josh Matthews, and Josh asks Paul why he's returned just now. Paul says, My son Cain might think that he's the only one that has a master plan. But for six long years, I've been biding my time very patiently, developing my own master plan, waiting for the time to make my presence felt. And while Cain may be the devil's favorite demon, he will never, never be the father of destruction's favorite son. So, I love that nickname that Paul Bear has given himself, the father of destruction, to the brothers of destruction. I'm like, why has that never come up in 13 years? But, it's not accurate. Right, exactly. (laughs) He's not the Undertaker's just, father. <laughs> no, no, exactly,
1: exactly. Is they have they share the same mother and storyline, not father. So anyway, it's just yeah. He did he forget that he wasn't Undertaker's dad? I don't know, man. I don't so, know,
0: and maybe they anyway. were trying to retcon it because, like in hindsight, he probably just should be Undertaker's dad, like that. Probably should yeah. have been the whole storyline all along. Uh, but yeah. for some reason, they chose to never go that route. But yeah, uh, he's a father figure to him.
1: Sure. Well, after that, we get a Make-A-Wish promo, I just wanted to say, with Something Beautiful by my, my favorite band, Need to Breathe. So it's always hmm. a good to see them on there. Oh, speaking of them, we talked about Nickelback earlier. I saw, I read it or I listened to an interview with them. They had a new album drop this week. And uh, somebody asked them on Instagram what their least favorite song is. Are they meant of theirs but they all said in unison, photograph by Nickelback. So that was pretty good. <laughs> they were like, oh, most definitely a photograph by Nickelback. Wow. like, no, we meant of your own song. But anyway, so yeah, that's also one of my favorite bands.
0: <laughs> if you ever get on one of those, you should ask them uh, who the connection is that gets them on all the WWE video packages. Because <laughs> WWE loves them. I want to know what, if, they, they love if they're like secretly big wrestling fans
1: undercover. I don't it might be. From they're South from Carolina, the South, so man. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I bet exactly. they're big Ric Flair fans. Could. Probably so. Probably so. <laughs> anyway, well, we're gonna get some big fans on commentary. Michael Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler and Matt Stryker again, which I can't wait till this ends because yeah. Matt Stryker just about blows it for me and you both here tonight, so <laughs>
0: It's not great. No, I'm ready for the Stryker era to be over here as because uh, they're previewing the match, and Stryker says, this is a father's nightmare, a mother's sin, and a sadist's dream. And I have no idea what the heck he's talking about. <laughs> like, father's nightmare, I get. Sure, Paul Bearer, it's his nightmare, I guess. A mother's sin, uh, I guess. He's talking about, uh, Kane's mother or Undertaker's mother I guess sadist dream I don't know whose dream it is but I baffled baffled by what he's talking about I, I'm sure Michael Cole slapped him in the back of the head at that point
1: <laughs> yeah maybe so so or he already should have but you know this is the main event of the night as it should be with the history and the story you got here especially with Paul Bear returning just bringing it all full circle to 1997 so Long video package before, and Michael Cole says this is the 21st tell in the Cell match, which I don't think either one of us fact checked him, but I, I trust him. So, and then, of course, we right. get that ominous dun 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 music as the cell lowers, and this cell, man, it gets it gets bigger every time we see it, dude. It really huge. does feel like that, yeah. <laughs> it's huge. And of course,
0: uh, we talk about the history of Kane's debut, where he debuted inside. The Hell in a Cell, the very first time in 1997. So the history between these two is intertwined inside Hell in a Cell. It is kind of crazy that it took this long to get to a one-on-one Hell in a Cell match between these two. And kind of makes you wish they had done it a little bit sooner. But... uh, (laughs) We'll get to that (laughs) as we go along here, Uh, but it is still really neat to see them finally facing off and to have Paul Bearer back along for the ride, too. I'm glad they were able to rope him back in here uh, for the part of this build Uh, as the world champion Kane comes out first, which is kind of surprising until you think about, you know, we got to have Taker slam the door on his way into the cell. So he can't slam the door first and then open it back up for Kane later on.
1: Right. Exactly. It only makes sense to do that. So, um yeah, Kane comes out like you said. And Michael recollection this is Kane's third Hell in a Cell match. So, was well, he in that he was in that tag match on Raw, right? And then mm-hmm. didn't he was, did he face like Mankind on Raw like randomly like in a 2-minute match? Was it those two? Would that be cuz he hadn't been in another Hell in a Cell, I can think of like a pay-per-view match. I don't um, remember. That, that's got to be it.
0: No, I'd have um, to I'd have to go back and look at it.
1: Yeah, it I could be. Yeah, that's got well. Creatures of the anyway, night. Let us know. I don't know. Well, after that, we get Taker's entrance, the Gong, and Dallas just pops huge for him. There, the, the big D is ready for the big UT to come out here, and uh, you know, take some names and, and and take some souls here. So, got his usual entrance here with the pyro, the smoke, the purple lights, and then. I thought it was cool again because we're going to get the first time in six years that he like said Paul Bear appears through the smoke first with the urn in hand. So really, really cool. Which I guess, did he get the urn back from the Dudley boys when he surfaced from the concrete Ooh. crypt? I guess.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he must have. He must have went to the pawn shop <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> in Dudleyville. Maybe Paul Heyman pawned it off to repay some of those ECW paychecks or something like that. Probably.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you are correct, Travis. There were two Raw's or Hell in a Cell matches. Uh, Undertaker and Stone Cold versus Mankind and Kane on June 15th, 1998. And then Mankind versus Kane on August 24th, 1998. So I had totally forgotten about that second one, that singles match. But you were spot on, okay. my friend. And well, uh, according, according right. to Wikipedia, this is officially the 21st Hell in a cell match, so Michael Cole, uh, we will give you a gold star for that one. So Undertaker, as you said, he's got the sleeveless robe here, no hoodie, um, and he insists that Paul Bear stay outside of the cell. Paul's trying to come into the cell, and Bear's screaming at Undertaker, "You need me here. You need me here!" And you know, raising the urn up, but Undertaker wants to protect his father figure and sends. Paul Bearer to the outside. But while he's doing that, he's distracted and Kane is going to strike first uh, before the door can actually be closed to the cell. And they're even going to start the match outside of the structure.
1: Yeah, they are. And uh, he slams Taker's head into the mesh and then they go up brawling outside and they, they can make it back into the cell pretty quickly here. But mm-hmm. it is cool to see again, like we did last week, them, you know, fighting before the match, quote unquote, officially, begin so that's pretty cool and then uh they go inside kane's grabs a chair and and runs at taker with it but taker just boots it right into his face and he slams kane into the cell then taker grabs that chair and hits kane with it and then hits his head to the steps and they go back in the ring and taker splashes him in the corner a couple of times goes ahead and gets a move to doom out of the way snake eyes big boot leg drop two count trying to end this early get that win
0: well I almost ended it early and threw my remote through the TV screen because Matt Stryker uh, completely botches Undertaker, Kane, and Paul Bearer's backstory here on commentary. Yes. I'm a little less mad since you brought up that he he got it right on commentary on SmackDown last week. Uh, I guess I didn't catch that. Uh, So I I give him like the slightest ounce of credit because he did get it right once. But watch it here on the pay-per-view. Stryker says,
1: "Quick backstory: Paul Bearer had an affair with a woman in the bowels of the funeral home in which he lived. The scorn of that forbidden yeah. affair was the demon Cain."
0: And it just made my blood boil because he didn't just have an affair with a woman no. in the funeral home. He had an affair no. with the Undertaker's mother, and thus Cain was born. It's not that Paul Bearer right. is Undertaker's father; he's not his half brother that way. He's his half brother through his mother. Right. So it's not just some woman. Taker's mother. They're half-brothers on the mother's side. You insufferable
1: fool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the way way he presents it there, it does sound like he's saying that Bear Bear is the father of both of them. Which would be better
0: on TV, but that's not how (laughs) it is.
1: (laughs) Right, and you've got to stick with it. You have to yeah it was uh yeah i was confused about that too i was like man what i, I don't know like I so said, he got it right on smackdown but then like he blew he completely blew it there so anyway that's uh, not the only thing he yeah, blows well, either
0: or well excuse me it's not the only thing commentary yeah, he blows. Blows chunks. Michael Cole is about <laughs> oh, okay. to blow something else
1: <laughs> he blows chunks every time he opens his mouth anyway um so i'm so lost in this match where are we here oh yeah um At this point, like you said, there's a history lesson there. And then Michael Cole says that Paul Bear and The Undertaker first got together in 1991, which I just wrote, nope, 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 nope. This made me about as mad as as Matt Stracker did you. Like, they (laughs) did not. The the whole storyline is that Bear raised him, like, Mm -hmm. like, after his parents burned and died. Mm -hmm. Like, they got got together on television and WWE. But if you're going to sit here and try to play this whole – storyline out at least play by the rules you've already yep. laid down you know so and that's just not got, just I mean, like like i said matt striker and cole blow it that's not just like
0: comic book stuff that's like that's on tv during the 90s during right. the whole original Kane feud we talk about yes. undertaker and paul bearer's history together so yes he debuted with him on tv in 1991 you're correct but that's not they've known each other since undertaker was born that is canon <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, exactly. So yeah, it was completely frustrating. So I don't get it, man. <sighs>
0: okay, well enough of that frustration. Let's get back on track into the match here. Kane's gonna knock Undertaker down with a with a punch and a few more chair shots and unloads with some shots on Undertaker in the corner. Uh, takes Undertaker to the outside. Undertaker recovers. And it's just a lot of brawling, a lot of punches, kicking, chair shots, stuff like that. Undertaker lays Kane across the stairs and hits some boots to Kane's head, slams Kane into the cell. And then uh, he tries to whip Kane into the cell, Irish whip, but Kane reverses and sends Undertaker flying into the stairs in one of his you know, signature spots.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then Kane's going to start kicking him. Grabs a chair, attacks Taker with it, and nails his left leg repeatedly with that chair. And then this was my favorite part of the match: There's a dude in the audience. And he goes, "Let's have a chairs match." And I was like, "Yes, no, I love this guy, no, hate that guy." <laughs> but the him this for guy. life I was just like paying attention to like chairs match. <laughs> you know, he wasn't serious, but uh, I hope not. Yeah, it was. It was great to hear somebody say that. So Kane puts Taker on the apron and wraps his leg around the ring post. So it's really, you know, working on the left leg, which again, I love psychology in a match. I love when a guy works a body part, but this this match it just seems so out of place. This is a blood feud between brothers who have burned each other and there's infidelity in the family and their put them in a vegetative state and there's just burning each other and lighting each other on fire. And this has been, I just found it odd, an odd approach toward this match that Kane's going to work a body part and it's going to come and it's going to be more of the match later on. I don't know about you, but that's just, it really threw me for a loop to see that here.
0: Absolutely. You know, this is hurt by being a hell of a cell match in the year 2010. There's no blood. There's yeah. you know no crazy spots. There's nobody getting thrown through the cell or off the cell or th- through the ring or anything like that. You know, you yeah. just, you know There's been so many hell in the cells, and the fa- and they're just you know they're more TVPG in this era, so that stuff's not going to happen. So it they they try their best, they try really hard here, but last month's or, or, or two weeks ago's match, the it, yeah and the no holds barred. They were able to use all the bells and whistles and all the smoke and mirrors mm-hmm. uh, to and fight you know through the crowd and use tables and stuff like that and, and do so much more stuff in uh, that match. Here, they're actually hurt by being in hell in a cell because they're stuck in there mm-hmm. without anything to do except throw each other into the side of the cell.
1: Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Great analysis there. But you know, I guess storyline wise it makes sense to have it there, but they just they weren't they were really handcuffed by the, the PG ness of it. So well, like I said Kane's gonna keep working over Taker's leg and kicks his legs into the steps and kinda and then headbutts him, punches him, rolls taker back in the ring, crowds chanting for Taker at this point, and then Kane's gonna stomp the leg, stomp the ankle, slam the knee on the apron, uh, uppercut and punch him, back outside. Kane runs uh, at Taker, but Taker winds up moving and Kane smashes in the cell, so Taker can now go on offense.
0: Taker rolls in, right hands to Kane, uh, gets Kane on the apron, hits the apron offense and the apron leg drop, but of course, Undertaker is still selling that leg, he's struggling to put weight on it, mm-hmm. and because of that, Kane's able to regain control, And he gets in kind of a leg lock submission there in the middle of the ring. And the match really just grinds to a halt. That's not what you want to see in a Hell in a Cell match here. But, you know, uh, the crowd does get into it. uh, Taker's still doing what he does best. He he fights through it. He's not just laying on the ground. He's selling big and trying to get his struggle back out of the move. Uh, He finally elbows his way out. Uh, Both guys are on their knees. Punching and and Kane does actually get a little color hard way. He's been busted up on the back yeah. of his head here, uh, but they continue to throw punches and kicks. like doing the yay boo punches, but and Kane gets the best of Undertaker, but Undertaker recovers and it's that uh, running jumping clothesline on to Kane.
1: Yep, hits that. Then he sells his knee and gets the wrenches that arm for old school. Goes up top for old school, but Kane crotches him on top of the turnbuckle and. Gets up there, they kind of battle back and forth a little bit, and then he winds up hitting a superplex to Undertaker. And then after that superplex, Kane immediately gets up and goes to the top row and comes off with a diving clothesline, and then he's going to come over to try to get a cover, a pinfall on Taker, but Taker's going to slip on Hell's Gate.
0: But Taker can't quite lock it on the way that he's used to here because of his injured leg, so he can't get it fully cinched in, and uh, Kane is able to kind of wiggle his way to the outside of the ring and break out of the hold, which is something you know we haven't really seen anybody really be able to do, uh, break out of that. We've seen him get to the ropes, uh, but no one's really been able to totally break out of the hold here. Uh, But it's all due to uh, Taker's injured leg. Uh, These guys both get back up to their feet, back in the ring, and they hit the double big boot spot and (laughs) knock each other down. Uh, Undertaker sits up first, uh, but Kane sits up right behind him, and they're throwing punches on their knees, just going move for move, punch for punch with each other, and uh, Undertaker gets his little running DDT uh, for a two-count, goes for the choke slam, goozles them, and that gets a two-count as well.
1: Yeah, after that two-count, though, Paul Bear is getting to be Paul Bear. He's upset on the outside. He thought that should have been it, so... Then Taker's going to kick Kane in the gut and go for a last ride, but Taker is going to punch out uh, or punch Taker's leg, the one that he's been working on the whole match, and he's going to hit a chokeslam to Undertaker and cover him for two. So Taker kicks out, then Kane splashes Taker in the corner a couple times, and then he's going to make the error that if you if you do this after 2001, you should you, you should be paying <laughs> attention. You never go for a ten punch in the corner, so. He's gonna go for ten punch in the corner, and Taker's gonna hit the last right out of the corner.
0: Come on, Kane! You've been you've been like up on the apron watching Undertaker do that. You should know better. Come on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Undertaker gets a two count out of that. It always gets a pop. It's always a great near fall uh, from the crowd. Oh, crowd yeah. loves it every single time. Uh, Undertaker goes for the tombstone. Kane flips out and hits his own tombstone, and boy does he ever drop Undertaker right on his head here, man! It cool. is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not the best <laughs> tombstone, uh, but Undertaker survives it and uh, kicks out at two and <laughs> survives. <Yeah. laughs> Kane is frustrated and uppercuts the referee out of anger, knocking him out.
1: It reminds, it reminds me of that Tombstone Taker gave. Coco will be aware. Uh, was that in mm. summer, was that in Survivor Series ninety? Yeah,
0: very. Similar. He did that.
1: Yeah, yeah, this nasty. But um, <clears throat> yeah, Kane, like you said, he uppercuts the referee. And he's pitching to fit, and of course other refs are going to come unlock the door to remove the referee. But as they do that, Paul Bear makes his way in the ring. He's cheering Taker on, he's holding the urn, and Kane begins to stalk Paul Bear here. Stalks him around the ring, and poor Bear, he's looking better, but he still waddles like the penguin. Mm. So he waddles away in the corner, and Kane's like, you shouldn't have come back. You should have stayed buried. Do you have any idea what I'm going to do to you? And at this point, Taker's going to sit up, and Kane turns around into another choke slam.
0: Yeah, yeah, Bear is just—he—he's just not what he used to be, man. It's—he's uh, he, struggling to move around. Um, like you said, he—he he looks a little bit healthier, but age has really gotten to him here. Yeah, uh, and carrying that weight around for so long, he's just—you know—he's having a hard time getting around. Uh, and slows everything down here. Uh, Mike Yoda runs into the ring as uh, Bear's trying to hype up Undertaker. Uh, Kane begins to chase after Bear. He's got nowhere to run. Bear ends up slowly getting into the ring as Kane stalks him. And Kane backs Paul Bear into the corner. Uh, Undertaker sits up. Huge pop. Undertaker hits a choke slam. Paul Bear holds the urn up as Undertaker rolls his eyes back in his head and does the throat slash. And then we get something we've never seen before, in the middle of a match at least. Uh, We saw this, something similar when Undertaker faced Edge in Hell in a Cell and and sent him off the ladder into Hell. Uh, But tell us what happens next.
1: Well, the thunder rolls and the lightning Uh, flashes and the purple lights come up and the flames go up. So we got the lights down basically. So like the house lights are down and we got just the purple lights on it. So it's kind of like the whole room has gone dark, but you can still see them in the ring and Taker is going to pull his straps down and he gets Kane up for a tombstone. And as he does, Paul bear like removes the top of the urn and points it at Taker and a quote unquote, blinding light shines out of it and that makes Taker lose all of his faculties and he drops Kane and falls to his knees so he has been blinded by the light
0: wrapped up by Kane in a pinfall I I don't know yeah (laughs) pinfall in the night (laughs) Oh. Well, uh, Undertaker is confused about that. Apparently, we are, too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) man. I'll talk about it in a minute, but yeah.
0: Paul hands the urn over to Kane. Kane slams it into Undertaker's face and hands it back over to Paul. Kane hits a choke slam and gets the pin at 21 minutes, 38 seconds to retain the world title, reunite with his father. And I didn't really describe it like this, but... Man, the the last minute of that match with all these antics with Kane and Paul Bearer, it, it feels like it took five minutes because it is so slow, so awkward. Paul Bearer, it, he like he has to walk from Undertaker over to Kane, and it just takes so long. And Undertaker just has to stand there uh, before Kane can hit the Undertaker yeah. with the urn. He just has to stand there looking stupid. It's uh. The idea of it is fine. The storyline is fine. And it's just sad that the execution is so poor.
1: Yeah, and that's that's my thing. So, like, I, I really dug the storyline. I dug adding Paul Bear to it. I dug the full circleness of it, if that's even a word, bringing it back to Hell in a Cell. I dug that it had higher stakes. It was for the world title again. I dug it's a main event. But like you said, the execution was completely not excellent. Like it just looked, it just didn't have the same sense of urgency as a Night of Champions matched it. And uh, Paul Bear with the flash, like you could see him flipping the button on the bottom when he's doing the flashlight. Like, it just, it wasn't like hidden at all. And then, yeah. like you said, Taker has to stand there looking like a doofus. Like he just literally stands there as Kane runs at him and hits him with the thing. It's like. He usually protects his character a lot better than that, but, like, he couldn't help it here. I mean, uh, it just took Paul Bear a long time to get in the right place to make that happen. So, um, not my favorite interaction between them. Uh, I didn't hate it, but I just... The potential was way up here, and, like, it just really missed the mark, in my opinion, so...
0: Exactly. You know, like we've said a couple times on here, just really actually hurt by being in hell in a cell rather than helped by it. Yeah. Cause it, it sets the expectations so high. Um, I, I get it and, and I like it in theory. They were tying this storyline into their original storyline. And um, even, you know, the spot where the referee gets hurt and, and someone else comes into the match, you know, that's straight sure. out of the original hell in a cell. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you almost have to do it, but, it just it just doesn't work, man. It's not not their best match by any means. Just really disappointing, uh, really poor execution, and it's just a shame that it has to it has to go out that way.
1: And this is probably uh, my least, my second least favorite Hell in a Cell match with Taker after mm. the uh, Big Boss Man win. Oh yeah, and I hate to say that, but this is probably the second worst in my opinion. Like
0: yeah. I think without question, you know, the
1: uh,
0: CM Punk one was just kind of there as well, but uh, this one just, you know, the the execution is just so sloppy and so poor that uh, it definitely knocks it down there. But uh, the show ends with uh, Kane and Paul Bearer uh, making their way to the back, Uh, Undertaker is selling on the inside and... Paul takes the cover off the urn one more time and lets the light shine out as Kane menaces at the top of the stage. And the announcers wonder why Paul Bearer would bring The Undertaker back from the brink of destruction just to destroy him again. Uh, and I'm sure we'll we'll find out the reasons why soon.
1: I uh, am just I could probably answer that. Just I mean, look at <laughs> <into> their history. <laughs> What's called 1990s, 1990, down
0: 1996 oh, Okay, yeah. yeah, you're probably right.
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, it's like, uh, plus Kane's his son. So, yeah. Again, okay. they're not both his son, even though he's the father of destruction. Just Kane's his son. So, uh, anyway.
0: Well, you know, we will wrap up this storyline next week as we keep this podcast rolling, rolling, rolling on to the last ride. And we'll see if this one uh, lives up to the expectations of the last or excuse me, the no-holds barred match, if it can live up to that performance, or if it'll be more like this Hell in a Cell match as the Undertaker and Kane go at it one last time in a buried alive match. Man, uh I don't know. I kinda kinda wish we could have got like an Inferno match. Maybe, maybe that would have been better than Hell in a Cell. I don't know. Maybe they could have done more. With that, uh, I don't know. Just a shame that this one didn't live up to the, the hype for it. Uh, maybe the buried alive match can do something there. But that will be a unique episode. That will be our, technically, our last Undertaker pay per view match that's not WrestleMania until SummerSlam of 2015. So he's going to take a five year yeah. absence from anything that's not a WrestleMania after next week's uh, bragging rights <laughs> pay-per-view.
1: It's crazy. <laughs> what yeah. a way to go out. Crazy, crazy.
0: So <laughs> so that will mark the end of an era of sorts. Uh, as far as we are concerned, as far as we're organizing things uh, on our uh, spreadsheet, we're going to call next week the end of this Return of the Dead Man era that began at WrestleMania 20 in March of 2004. And so we're going to give you our top 10 matches of this era. So, WrestleMania 20 against Kane is where it started in our Opinion and Bragging Rights 2010 against Kane is where it will end as well, where that bookend will meet. Mm-hmm. So we'll give you our top 10 pay-per-view matches that we've covered during that time. Quite a bit, I think it's our biggest chunk of matches. Uh, it's mm-hmm. right up there with the first chunk. Uh, it's right up there. It's yeah, kind of, I don't. It's, it's pretty close. So we'll cover all of that next week and cover that whole storyline with Undertaker Kane and Paul Bearer, uh, and how it all wraps up on next week's episode. And of course, we'll throw the voting up for you as well. We want to get the fans top 10, uh, like we've done with the other eras before this as well. And then, you know, when we get to the end of the show, when we get to the final match, the Boneyard match, we'll do a big, grand, uh, maybe top 15, maybe top 20 of just everything everything in his entire career we'll, we'll go through and combine it into one big epic uh top 15 top 20 list something like that uh but for now we'll do a top 10 for this era next week so that's something you can look forward to folks and didn't have too many comments on the social media for this match uh, i think most people you know Probably would uh, prefer to forget this match Mom's as the word. well. <laughs> <laughs> but we, of course, are always open to those uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Talking Taker. Uh, you know where to find us. You know you can always hit us up and tell us what you thought of our match. If you agreed with us, if you disagree with us, all that good stuff. Uh, I mean, really, the only thing I've got is. Uh, this doesn't even have to do with this match, but one of our listeners, Drew Carfrey or uh, at CarfrayD, uh, he posted a picture of himself with Taker from, uh, he says it's from November nice. of this year, but he hadn't ever posted that over to us and just talked about meeting his favorite wrestler, The Undertaker. Cool picture. Uh, he doesn't have a Taker Easy shirt on, man, but uh, anybody else who has a Taker Easy shirt, you know, you know what to do. So get a picture with Taker, and we got something oh, yeah. special coming your way. Or get it on the Thunderdome. Send us a screenshot of that. Yes, and, sir. Uh, we'll get something special coming out your way as well.
1: Yeah, we didn't talk about. It. I was actually on the uh, pre-Thunderdome Thunderdome. We didn't mention it last week, but I I got on the uh, the Thursday night trial run of um uh the Thunderdome before they actually brought it onto that first SmackDown. So it wasn't on TV. So I didn't wear a Talking Taker shirt, but it was a fun experience it was neat i haven't gotten in since then but um anyway it was fun but yeah if you guys can get on there on the talk and take or with a talk and take or t-shirt we got uh we got a surprise for you oh yeah
0: take a screenshot of it make sure we see it uh we will uh we will send you a gift of appreciation as well pull our pump card on that one if you will uh some news we got you know i'm just trying to we haven't this episode short man i'm just stretching it out but uh (laughs) this is actually big news the undertaker last ride series has been confirmed for a dvd release in the united states and dvd blu-ray and special collector's edition but that's only coming out in the uk a limited uh, i think it's 666 Mm. copies that will have a special signed wow. by The Undertaker, uh, but it's only UK, what? so I might have to get, like, a region-free DVD player or something, <laughs> man. I really yeah, want really. one of those. <laughs> but I will, uh, I will for sure be picking up Dude. the DVD. I have not purchased a DVD in uh, in a few years. I, I still have my Blu-ray play in the living room. I go to... Uh, I go to our video store here in Atlanta, Videodrome. Shout out to those guys. And I I rent movies from them uh, uh, almost every weekend. Uh, But I have not purchased a DVD in a a few years. This one, I will definitely have to add it to the collection. Uh, It will be really cool to have. And I'm really glad that they're still going to do that.
1: Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm glad because everything is so much just streaming now or on the network or whatever. So I still like to have physical copies of... Movies or you know uh, stuff like this, I'll definitely be buying the Blu-ray for that. It's, it's the 30th anniversary collector's edition, looks like, so that'll be cool. Yeah, man. Um, UK, well, the Blu-ray, yeah. oh, Blu-rays man. UK
0: only. All the Blu-rays, only yeah. DVD in a yeah, which is a bummer. Yeah. Because I'm a Blu-ray guy. For yeah.
1: Some. Yeah, me too. But yeah, we'll we'll be picking it up. Then be it'd yeah. be awesome. So and if there's any Just bonus case, stuff uh,
0: on there, we'll definitely talk about it on the show sure. whenever it comes out do uh you know maybe we do audio commentary for <laughs> <laughs> i love a good audio commentary well,
1: it's cool because um if you know if the power if the internet goes out you know like you could still watch the last ride documentary as long as you got tv as long as you still got power <laughs> if your internet goes out you can still you still watch it man you still enjoy it so anyway if, uh, but, if
0: zoom is down well. you can just put in uh, the last ride instead of working exactly cool.
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> Don't you worry about it.
0: Uh, and I'll just do a quick figure update on the Undertaker figure collection. I just, This actually came in uh, about a week ago, man. But, uh, Travis, uh, you see this guy? Can you tell who
1: that is? Is that Double J?
0: That is Double Holy J. Holy cow. Jeff Jarrett. Uh So this is the only Jeff Jarrett in that... Aztec warrior gear that he wore very briefly. Yeah, with that he wears. Wow. In his match with the Undertaker at In Your House: Degeneration X, a horrible match that uh, Jeff Jarrett actually won. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that was actually I think that was our first episode of Raising Kane. I'm pretty sure that. That started that episode. Right. That's a fun episode to go back <laughs> yeah. and listen to, uh, to tie yeah. into this week's, uh, if you want to go back in the archives. But had to get that Jeff Jarrett, because it's the only one that looks like this. The uh, only figure that got made of him in that short-lived gear. That's pretty cool. So, you know, I try, I'm not super strict about it, but uh, I've been trying to try to get an accurate version. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be like the exact gear that they wrestled Taker in. You know, there's some figures. Right that are like that. Uh, and like, you know, I'd like to get... Uh, I don't have a Shawn Michaels from Mania 25 or 26, but I want to get one of those. Uh, but I've been trying to get them as, as accurate as possible to the era that they faced sure. Undertaker. So...
1: Yeah.
0: And this guy was not too expensive. So... <laughs> not a huge market
1: for the <laughs> Jeff Jarrett fandom. So
0: I added that to the collection. Uh... And then I don't think I ever uh, brought well, this up but I, I had a mystery for the uh, cowboy Bob Orton figure that I bought because someone wrote take Her easy on the uh, yeah you know, whatever the, the review or the rating on eBay or something and I, I couldn't figure out who it was. Watch along Tommy watch along wrestling. He sent me a message a few weeks ago. I forgot to mention it here on the pod, but he was who I purchased from.
1: Uh, purchased that Cowboy serious? Bob Gordon
0: from. Yep. He recognized my name wow. on the eBay profile uh, and sent that over. So
1: appreciate that, what Tommy. What a small world, man. That's that, awesome. Right? Right? That's awesome, man. That's insane. Well, um, yeah, that's crazy. Well, speaking of, we didn't mention this at the beginning of this episode, but speaking of Jeff Jarrett, I'm going to take a, a loose jump to Road Dog and take a loose jump to his dad. Bullet Bob just passed away uh, this past weekend, so we want I condolences to him. Uh, I guess two episodes from now, we will be talking about the Hall of Fame and our WrestleMania experience at WrestleMania uh, 27, and we got to see Bullet Bob go in the Hall of Fame that night. So, yeah, condolences to Bullet Bob and, and the, the whole Armstrong family, or the James family, whatever you want to call them. But anyway, Armstrong family. But anyway, uh, yeah, good. Uh, he was never really you know did much in wwe i guess you could say but he, he did a lot he was he was fun to watch his whole family did. they have a dynasty so oh yeah uh, you know rest in peace so
0: didn't see him work too much but uh, a lot of people have been mm-hmm. sharing some promos of him on twitter and stuff that i've been watching and what a promo man you see where yeah uh, man where jesse james got it from from his papa yeah man he intensity yep. man him and Cornette having some promo battles was was fun to watch so yeah, yeah rest in peace well got anything else that's it man i was just trying to get us over an hour
1: <laughs> <laughs> well you can find us on all the socials like you said earlier and uh other than that ladies and gentlemen if you were there on october 3rd what an early pay-per-view like the third day of the month man it's, it's yeah. weird so yeah but anyway if you were there uh, from the American Airlines Center in Dallas. Let us know uh, if you got to see, uh, you know, this classic, you know, Taker and Kane match here with the return of Paul Bearer. Let us know what you thought. Let us know if you were disappointed like we were, if you had high, high hopes. that you got let down. But uh, anyway, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you next week. Uh, stay safe out there. Enjoy your movie theater experience by yourself if you can. And uh, as always, take her easy. This is a dark two brothers. It is complete with betrayal, jealousy, pride, love, and hate. It is a father's nightmare, a mother's sin, and a sadist dream. The world's
0: heavyweight championship hangs in the balance in hell in a cell.